Hello and welcome to The Thread, a nonprofit ministry, television show, and now podcast that shines a light on community and those that thread us all together. Each episode, you'll hear from co-host Rick Hensel of Spot Content Studio and The Thread's very own Timmy Zell. Here they are. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. What's going on? Going potty. Podcasting. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Drop it in the pod. Yeah. I mean, you used to get this podcast every day in the car when we worked together. Oh, yeah. We, we were podcasts before podcasts were real. We'd have to pause every once in a while, get out of the car, do a live <laughs> shot, come back in. That's right. That's right. I thought maybe today we'd just uh, really talk about um, why the thread. Where did the thread, the name of your show, the name of your nonprofit, the name of your mission, um, You know, why is it called the thread? Where did the thread word come from? Where did it pop in? Where did you learn about it? Was it something in the seminary? Is this something you grew up thinking? Something your dad taught you? Just all-encompassing, you know, why the thread? Well, I wish I could take credit for the thread name, but that's Virginia. Virginia. Oh, Kerr. really? That, that was totally Virginia Kerr. You know, she had come at me for several years with it, saying she got this show idea. It's called The Thread, and here's what it is. And she, you know, uh, she was persistent with it, and she said it's all about bringing people together and the thread that that that's goes through all of us as a community and... um when I finally said yes, I mean, I, I, the idea of the thread had been, I'd been raised with it. It just hadn't been verbalized in that term. Crazy. Way she, yeah. But uh, when we finally launched the show, I mean, it's, it, the, the whole vision just started to open up. And there was never a moment when Virginia and I weren't on the same page. That's the other thing. I mean, we had never worked together closely. We didn't know each other that well. But mm-hmm. when she... She said, I feel like God wants you to be a part of the show. And then God talked to me and said, I want you to be a part of this show. And he synced us up from the get-go. I would have never guessed it because so much of the, the what you tell me what the thread's about and the purpose of the thread seems so much like the teachings of your dad Yeah, growing up. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's no mistakes. And when Virginia said, you're supposed to be a part of this show, God reinforced that with me too. And it was everything when we got on board. It's like, yeah, this is everything. I had just been in a, a pastor for several years and yep. in a situation that just wasn't the right fit for me. And God showed me, this is the fit. This is where I want you. Your ministry is right here. And it was everything that he had wanted and prepared me to do. Tell me as much as, as you can about that, because a lot of people I don't think really understand that. Where you, you left Fox you became a pastor at a church. Yes. Something you've always wanted to. You you were going to you, you were still in the seminary a little bit. You're mm-hmm. still finishing yep, up. Yep. Finishing up because you did graduate. But it's everything you wanted to be, just like your dad was at one point in time. Um, but it didn't. It wasn't what you thought it was. Well, I was still box thinking. So right, I was still thinking. Okay, you're sending me to seminary, God. You've called me. I know you called me to ministry. I know you called me to seminary. So if you're calling me to seminary, you must be calling me to pastor four walls and a steeple, pastor a brick and mortar church. Right. And when I did that, it began to feel like the situation I was in was not a fit. But again, remember we talked about God using hard situations to to get through to us. If I had never experienced that, I'd always thought that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. But God had to show it to me and say, you see this? This ain't you, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna put you in this, right. but this isn't who, this isn't who I've called Was you to be. Was that three years? Three years. Three years for you to learn the le- to, to learn, learn that, that lesson. lesson. Yeah. Right. And then he said, you know, that platform I gave you for 16 years on Fox two, I'm sending you back there and you're going to speak for me now on that platform. Right. And so that was the mission. 
is to go to, to, to find the true calling. And this was it. But it wasn't, yes, when you heard, when you'd met with Virginia, yes, you like, this is where I'm, where I feel more comfortable. Yes, I liked the, the mission of the thread or the, the name of the show. But it really took, it didn't like happen overnight. I mean, it slowly became, you're starting to say, yeah, this makes sense. The thread weaving oh, yeah. up, bringing people together back to what your dad taught you as a kid. Oh, absolutely. And the, and the thread, you know, in the first uh, few months of the show, we didn't have the gospel message at the end of the show either. We showed it, and, you know, we were kind of subtle with it, but mm-hmm. we were trying to show God working in and through people in different ways. And look, one of my favorite uh, classes I took in seminary was about being the gospel in the world, you know, being, being it in the world, not just in the church, in the walls of the church, but how do we do it outside the walls, right? And, and I had written a whole paper about that's what I need to be doing, that's what I need to be doing. And here I look back at that and I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't doing that. But, uh, but yeah, it took a while for it to take form. Well, you were telling me when you were in the church, when mm-hmm. you were pastoring over a church, they wanted you to be more of a CEO. Well, I think I was in a, I was a campus pastor and I wasn't, um, it was just a different role than, uh, what was envisioned or where I felt like I was called. But I, but again, it was exactly what God needed to show me. I know, but it's just weird that now you look back on it because you weren't out threading into the community is what you told me. Right. Without, we're the, using that word. You weren't out talking to people. You weren't out helping people, listening to people, talking to people. Right. Right. Well, I was just not on the scale. You know, not right. the way God had called me or created me to do. So what do you think the thread, what's, what's the purpose of the thread? Well, the purpose of the thread is to shine a light on people doing amazing things in our community, doing, doing kingdom work, celebrating it, and then inviting other people to be a part of it. So our goal is to show how God is working in the lives of others. Look, you know, it, you know, the Bible tells us that we're created in God's image and we're supposed to be image bearers. That doesn't mean just in the church. So that doesn't mean just as pastors. That means we need people bearing his image as lawyers, people bearing his image as doctors, people bearing his image as caregivers, garbage men. Yes. uh, The uh, retail workers that, you know, everywhere we can be, we can reflect his image in all of these different places and need to, 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 to be effective and to really thread up. With their talent of what they have to give. Absolutely. And where God had uh, given me the opportunity to have a platform uh, at Fox 2 and in that area, he's saying, now you speak for me through that. I need you to bear my image right there. You said the word community, and that's, I think, the biggest thing that you've taught me through the years I've been affiliated with The Thread is what community really means. I always thought community meant I live in the community in Illinois where I live, and that's not really what community means, does it? No. Community is not a location. It's people. Yeah. It's just like a church. A church is not a brick and mortar building. It's the people in it. We sometimes say, I go to church. No, I, I am with the, ch- the church. You know, capital C church is, is around the world. It's not just one body. Uh, it's not the building. We say, I got to go clean the church, you know, right. or I got to go, <laughs> you know, open up the church. Right. Uh, church is people. Um, community is people. And it's not about a location. I have community with people I've worked with all over. I have community with people in Louisiana. I have community with people in Texas. I have community, you know, it's not about a, a zip code. It's about connection. It's about relational connection. Because I think the next question I was going to say, what does that look like? Well, I, I mean, I'll tell you what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like being siloed. Like a lot of times in our community, we become, you know, 
the frozen chosen or in the, getting in the holy huddle and we don't get go outside our walls and we we we, we say things like high fences make good neighbors hmm. and, we, and we keep to ourselves and we're, we're on our devices and we you know we're i can i can do everything from this phone i can order in my food i can have my groceries delivered to me i can have my clothes delivered to me, you know whatever right. but we withdraw Community means investing in other people's lives, not withdrawing from them. <laughs> yes, and investing in people. The only lasting investment in this world that ever has lasting significance is people. That's it. I'm not a stockbroker. I don't know a lot of investment advice, but I know that. And that, that when we invest in people, that has eternal significance. Right. And when we invest in people and they invest in us, we grow richer from it. We, we, grow, you know, we grow richer by investing in others. You know, we talk about church as community, and one of the most disturbing things I learned when I was in seminary was one of the professors shared with us that there's more than 20,000 denominations of the Christian faith worldwide. 20,000. And that's dividing over everything from the color of carpet in the sanctuary to the type of music we're singing to doctrinal issues, you name it. But 20,000, and that's growing all the time. We see them splitting all the time. And we're dividing over differences instead of coming together over the things that we agree on. Isn't that habit, though? I mean, I get up Sunday, go to my church within my walls, within my people. Yeah, but, but, it, but it's, it's human nature, yes, but it's the human nature that we're, we're to turn over. It's human nature for us to say, I want things my way. But we got to be willing to sing each other's songs. We got to be willing to sit each, on each other's carpet, right? We got to be willing to, to, to listen to each other and, in different ways. And, and not put down each other for differences, but try to understand them, talk about them. If we can come together on what we share in common instead of dividing over differences, think about the difference we can make. Why do you think that's so hard, though? I, I think because we get set in our ways. We get set in, in what we, we get comfortable. This is how I've always done it. This is my routine. It's how my parents did it. It's this how is their how they did it. it. Yeah. Um, I think it's great to see people expressing their faith in different ways because it's in the way that they're comfortable. Just like we have different personalities. Some people dance. That's, that, that's how they express their faith. Uh, some people sing. Some people uh, get quiet. Some people, you know, it, it's all good. However you connect, that's great. Um, we shouldn't put people down for that, for how, their expression of faith. Um, and I think if we could just be a little more, you know, we're, we live in a culture now that is obsessed with offense. We just, we love being offended. Like we seek it out. Used to, you, you, you may get offended, but you didn't seek it out. Now we'll get online and say, who's offended me today? So who can I be angry at? <laughs> and we'll lash out and say things we'd never say in person, but right. we'll say them online, you know, and, and we're just addicted to it. And John Bevere uh, wrote a book called The Bait of Satan. And he says, the bait of Satan is offense. Because if he can get you offended, then he can pull you anywhere straight because he's got you all unsettled because you're all fired up and mad and angry and offended and I can pull you any which way I want you to. Right. And that's what happens in the church too. We get offended over something and we'll just pull them off and then we're dividing and instead of coming together. And it's just sad to see. It's sad to see uh, any time that community is just fractured over, over small things mm -hmm. and we turn them into big things when we make them more important. Now when you guess preach... Mm -hmm. um, at different churches, mm -hmm. um, it's different religions, correct? Different, different denominations. Usually, it's Christian faith, but it's usually different denominations. Sure. Uh, and I'm thankful that I've had the opportunity to to speak in different denominational situations. That I've been welcomed into those. That that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak because I think you have something to say. So I don't think people understand that not only will you go speak in a in church on a Sunday. 
I mean, you'll, you speak on a Thursday at a luncheon or you'll go talk to two people in rehab or you'll go to um, a correctional facility and talk to one person. You'll go to a hospital and pray with somebody who's sick. Um, I don't think people know that you do that. And I think you need to be commended for it because you're you're not just threading inside of a church and letting people see you in that type of uh, venue, in that type of place. So can you elaborate just on why you do stuff like that? Those are the people that cross my path, you know, and that's the ones I'm supposed to love on, you know, when somebody gives, I have an opportunity, you know, I, and I consider it a, a great honor and responsibility. You know, when we had that hospice organization call me and say that they had a new client, and they deal with in-home hospice, and they talk about spiritual things if they want to, and they had a new client who only wanted to talk spiritual things with me, would I come visit? That's that's a heavy honor. Yeah. What a privilege to be welcomed into someone's life in that way. So I consider that a huge privilege and responsibility to go and be able to pray with he and his wife and walk with them through those last days. And um, I, I, just, I just, I think about the people who've been there for me. Right. The people who've walked into my life too, and privately, privately, who it's not on TV. No, no, who've just been huge influences in my life, and who've who've moved to my needs when I needed them in a powerful way. That's what it's all about. I mean, is we're supposed to care for one another, and if you and and look, you look at the the Ten Commandments. Those weren't rules of of. Let me step out of line. I just want to get you if you don't do these. Those are rules to protect us from ourselves and each other. Yeah. They are all, to, that's, that's what they were there for. It, he, didn't, he didn't say, do these 10 commandments and then I'm going to give you the promised land. He brought them to the promised land first and said, now here's how you live in this community that I've led you to. This is how you live in, in harmony with one another. This is the playbook. Right. And they weren't, they weren't to punish us. They were to help, help us to live in harmony. And it's when we step out of those that disharmony happens. I think we're at Big Brothers Big Sisters, and we're talking to her, and we're talking about sitting down and eating, and you said, and and having community. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, what? Having community? What what, what was the phrase you said? Coming to the table. When we come to the table, that's community. That's family. Uh, You know, in, in the Jewish culture, if someone ate at your table, if they put their feet under your table, that made them family, because you've called them to meal with you, to break bread with you, to table with you, come to table with me. That's why a meal is so important. It brings people together. Where, when you have a party at your house, where do people end up? In the kitchen. Right. Right? They are, they're threading together. Yeah, they, that's, food brings people together. That's why we, a meal is so important because you're breaking bread with one another. That's when, when Jesus explained who he was to his disciples, it was around the table. Got it. This is my body broken for you. So when you look back on your life, where was the thread as a kid when you were little? Or where was the thread with you when you are in college or your first job? So growing up, my dad was a seminary professor in Fort Worth, Texas. That's how we ended up in Texas. Uh, and he, he did uh, counseling as well. And so he had a lot of friends he was in seminary with, uh, other professors, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We had family friends with a lot of these people through church. And that was kind of my community. I had, I had great friends. They had, you know, these people that he was friends with had kids my and my sister's age. So that was, our, that was our community growing up. We'd do holidays with them. We'd do summers with them. Sure. We'd have sleepovers at their house, theirs at ours. Uh, that was our community. Well, when my parents divorced when I was in seventh grade, um, we kind of weren't with those people anymore, right? right. They, there was a separation. We were the divorced family now. And 
I never forget, Kim and I were on a vacation and, and I, I was reading a book called Raising a Modern Day Night, which is a great book about uh, investing in our young men and raising young men. And I was reading it and it was talking about community and it was talking about how you need that community, not just your family around you support, but that, that extended family and how important that circle is. And I just began to weep. And, I, and Kim's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, that was my community and I lost it. Wow. After the divorce, I lost that. I lost those other men and speaking into my life because they weren't in my life anymore. And I said, I had that. What, he's, what this author was saying was so important, I had it and then I lost it. Wow. And so um, it's important to have that community support to see you know, other men walking the walk, other men that are trying to walk the same walk my father was. Some of, the, some of them that didn't live in the same house with me, but I can see it in other men that are sure. doing it. And I lost that. And when my dad moved out of, out of town. You lost it a lot of I it. I lost it even more, because then I lost it with him. And then in high school, you, your community came more, your, your friends. Uh, yeah, I, I dug back in, yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and I began to walk my own walk, because I'm like, this one didn't work. Right. God, if you're gonna take that away from me, then I'm gonna do it on my own terms and in my own way. So do you feel like you found some thread in college? Yeah, the basketball team was, a, you know, getting to work for Dr. Broussard. I mean, uh, my father had been a trainer for Dr. Broussard in the 50s, and here I am all these years later in the 90s, and I get to work with him in the 80s and 90s. Uh, and um, that became my community, yeah, because I got to invest with those guys. And then when I got sober, the sober people around me got to be my community as well. <laughs> right. You know, I had, I had support there. My uncle, Andy who had two years sobriety, when I hit my bottom, he became my best friend. We'd go visit dad together on the weekends. We knew that was a safe place for us. We could both get out of there, go to my dad's, and that was a safe place. And we'd journey down the 72 miles from Baton Rouge to New Orleans and hang out there and then come back on Sunday night and go back again on Friday. Wow. Well, then, I mean, it seems like you, in all of us, we have different communities where you kind of, you're in, you're, you graduate to a different community and you know your, your first job you're you know you had your community in new orleans you then to florida yeah and then to st louis yeah you know and there's still community you know like right. i tj you know photographer i worked with in new orleans still texts me during the lsu games or that was a nice know, video he did yeah, yeah he did a good job <laughs> yep. but uh yeah, brian davis uh from uh panama city that i worked with at the sports desk there you know we still keep in constant contact Greg Polk, who I worked with at LSU, he was a manager when I was a trainer. You know, there's all those connections, and they're still community, and they're still invested. Uh, and and locally, you know, the idea locally is we want to invest in community, invest in people. And thread up means thread up means moving to the needs of our community together, not doing it. We we can do so much more together than we can ever do apart. And when we say we're threading up, we're linking arms with this organization, with this individual, with this church. And we're saying we can make a difference together more so than we can apart. But you, but it's it's doing something. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've you've taught me that, that you take your talent, whether it's picking up trash, cooking a cake, whatever it is, whatever talent you have, it may seem minimal, but when yes. you thread it with everybody else, it's really. But it's but you can't do something until you are something. It starts with being something, being community, and then going and being community together on a on something. So you, you've, it starts with the relationship. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a relationship, I mean, I like to think about, think about the, the guy at the rock concert on the bullhorn who's saying, you're all going to hell if you go on that concert. Right. You're all going, how, how effective is that? Not. Not, you know, none. 
But if, if you're able to walk alongside people in a relationship, I have authority to speak into your life. You'll let me say things to you now that you wouldn't let me say to you right. before we started working together, True. right? Because you're like, there's relational equity there because you trust me mm-hmm. and, and I trust you. So we, we're, we're like, speak into my life. Tell me what I need to hear. Right. But, if, but if we don't have that relationship, then it, it means nothing. But I mean, with the show, we don't, you don't really preach you know, you're showing by example of other well, yeah. people and you're tying it together to tell us a story. Well, it's, it's like St. Francis says, you can't go anywhere to preach unless you preach everywhere you go, <laughs> you know, and that's, and it, preach everywhere you go and, and when necessary, use words, right? We yep. preach by our actions, how we live our life. And if our, if our actions don't match our words, then we're hypocritical, right? <laughs> we're supposed to try to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So yeah, walking it out, Preaching doesn't mean just with our mouths. It means just being an example, loving on pe- loving the next person who crosses your path. In the show, we have little threads. What does a little thread look like, or what does a big thread look like? Uh, it's, I don't think there's any any difference. It's all a thread. I, it's all, they're all big. Any thread is a big thread. You know, uh, from the young man at, at, at McDonald's who greets everybody with a smile every day. That that's that's threading up. That's a huge thread. You don't know what that means to somebody one day. Right. Just that they cared enough to to smile right. at them. Uh, to the you know giving it uh, beyond housing, gifting that single mom and her three kids a new house for Christmas, a new house, right? right? A new opportunity. They were living in deplorable conditions that were affecting the health of the kids. Got them a house, and bam, you know. That's that's no smaller than Jamie at McDonald's and what he's doing. They're they're are no bigger. A thread's a thread. A thread's a thread. And look, you're going to be able to touch people that I'm never going to be able to touch because we walk different paths. There'll be people that cross your path that I never get a chance to interact with, and you have an opportunity to love on them in a way that I don't. It doesn't matter the size or of it, but we're just we don't get to pick who crosses our path. That's the deal, <laughs> you know. Right. We don't pick who crosses our path, you know. When when that teacher of the law asked. Jesus, who is my neighbor? What he was wanting to find out was, just tell me who I need to love and I'll love on them and then I can forget about everybody else. <laughs> and that's when he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And, and the Samaritan who was hated by those in the Jewish culture, right? They, neither one and the Samaritan, same, same way. But the Samaritan moved to the needs of the man in the ditch. And when Jesus says, which one was a neighbor? Uh, which one walked the walk? Which one did it? And he's, he couldn't even say Samaritan. He said, the one who showed mercy. And he said, now you go and do likewise. We're called to do likewise. Mm-hmm. Just love the next person who crosses our path. Right. That's who it is. We don't pick who it is. Whether it's a simple hi or yeah, whatever that, whatever that somebody has like. place to live. Yeah, it's just and, and how are we able to do that? How are we able to because we've been moved to our needs have been moved to greatly. God has moved our needs in such an incredible way. When we can realize what we've been given, when, how we've been blessed, then we then it's much easier for us to go out and reflect it because we're like, oh my gosh, look what I've been forgiven. Look what I've been given. You know, and so the, the small things are big things. Right. And I can't tell you how many times somebody's come up to me and something that I I may not have thought was, they'll say, you never know what this meant to me. And I'm like, whoa. And, and then similar when I've told people, like if I, if I tell Coach Cars about yeah. how much it meant to me that he let me sit with him at that football, he may not even, it may not have even been a blip in the, on the radar to him. He Just, might not even remember it. Oh, right. I did? I did do that? Right. You know, angels unaware is what my dad always calls them. These angels unaware. They don't even know they were angels in your life, but they've touched you in amazing ways. And you never know if you've been an angel unaware in someone else's life. We started with why thread and how it became the thread through Virginia starting the show. 
Where is the show at today compared to from where it started? It's threading up. I mean, it's now, you know, in the early stages, man, it was all we could do just to get the show in the air. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was trying to do 26 episodes a year. Um, just in the first year, even more than that, I think we did 33 the first year, which was cray cray. That's crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, and we learned from it. God used it. Uh, but he also, what he's taught us is you got to rest and you got to rest in me. And if you try to do this all in your, you're not going to do anything if it's all in your elbow grease. Right. You got to let me in. And so now we've gotten to a point in the show where we've gotten several new partners. We've got people that are walking alongside us, amazing partners, and we're doing stuff together. It's not just a one-sided thing. You, we were, this show used to be 95% the TV show and then maybe five cent outreach. Now we're trying to grow our, our outreach on social media, our, our show, as well as our outreach into the community. Right. So we're actually partnering with folks. We're actually walking it out and we're doing more together than we could ever do apart. And we're f- having these fabulous new partners that are getting with us. So the show now is in a place, uh, a place of health, number one. Yep. It's in a much healthier place, but it's in a place of effectiveness where we've got people, uh, we've got Kay doing admin for us who can do in five minutes, what takes me five hours, you know, uh, we've got Patrick who's producing the show, got me out of that at bay, which you wanted to do back in the day so bad. <laughs> you can wait to get me out, but it gets, but he, he's doing what he does so well so that we can go out and do what we're, what we're called to do, which is to, to, to continue the outreach, continue to grow the mission, to create, tell other people about it and try to thread them up with us. All that said, what is the plans of the thread moving forward? Because I think people used to know that the, the thread was on every week, every Saturday. Now it's 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 graduated more from a show to it's on leading up to Christmas. It's going to lead up to Easter, and then it'll take a sabbatical in the summer while we build more stories, get more social. But what are your plans moving forward in the future for the thread? So big vision from day one. This is where I wanted it to lead, and I felt like God was leading it. Is our thread live events? So to the totality of the show. That the show's a uh, uh, is an exclamation point it's another example of it but we want to have these thread live events where several times a year we're in a different neighborhood and we're inviting churches cross denominations organizations missions individuals all together and we're tabling together there's a meal involved we give a message uh pertinent to 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 the mission and then we try to connect individuals with serving opportunities uh, serving opportunities with churches, churches with churches, uh, individuals with churches, but we try to get all these folks connected so that they can thread up and link arms and move to the needs of their community together. And if we can get out into the community and try to build community in the communities, I think that's huge. So when you say communities, yeah, I mean, we've talked about breaking bread together, but yeah, something in St. Louis, now whether you're listening from somewhere else or not, there's a, there's a road called Del Mar. And that really kind of hits you pretty hard. The Del Mar Divide. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. There, and that's just one. That, this is a popular one. But there's other divides all over this city. It's all over the country, right? Yeah. The world. Sure. All over the country. But we want to try to break down as many as we can. We want to try to bring people together. But explain what that divide. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's pockets everywhere. This is a very polarized community in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, there's people that are just stay in their, in their pockets. Um, and I feel like if we can break down those and build build community with people linking arms together, and we try to show that on our show, look, yep. we're, we're trying to do this together. I mean, the potential here is, the beautiful thing is there, there, there's, there's beautiful people in this community, in all of these communities. 
There's so many. And there's so much. All different shapes, sizes, colors. Shapes, sizes, colors, creeds, you name it, nationalities, whatever. And the beauty is, I mean, think about it. If you had to eat a bologna sandwich every day for your life, you'd get pretty tired of bologna sandwiches, yep. wouldn't you? The, the variety is, is what's beautiful, and we gain from it. We gain from the variety, the different aspects. The, the differences are our strength. We, we tend to think of differences as dividing us. Those are the strengths. If, if I, I'm able to benefit from the differences and you're able to add something, we all carry a little piece of the truth and we all are a little piece of the puzzle. So what, what, is one of these, what does one of these threat events look like? I, I think it, it's, a, it's a gathering together, a celebration, a celebration of, of everything that's good going on in that community. That's the number one. I, don't, I think we don't take enough time for celebration. Yep. You know, we've got to mark the, mark the positive things and look back on them and say, look what God did here. Look what God did here. Those stones of remembrance to say, look what God did for us right here. Remember that. Build it up, build it up and make a marker right here and re- so we can remember. That's what they did when they crossed the Jordan into the promised land. Before they crossed, they're on that dry land. Before they got to the other side, they said, hold up, every, every tribe, grab a rock and pile it right here because we want to remember what God did for us this day. We need those stones of remembrance in our lives so we can point back. So we want to celebrate what's going on in that community that's positive. Then we point out the needs of that community. We say, hey, these are some needs. Then we point out individuals, churches, organizations that are moving to those needs and say, hey, you want to be a part of, of this part? Well, get on that team. They're doing it. They're doing it. Let's support what they're doing. Rubber's already on the road here. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Right. Let's do what they're doing. We break bread together. We have a meal because coming to the table, that's community. We, ha- we celebrate around a meal. And then we, ha- we have a, a, a message just saying, this is what the mission is all about. Let's rally the troops. Let's link up. Let's, let's hopefully, hopefully these churches cross-denominationally have talked to each other and say, hey, we can team up and make a big difference here. Rather than being a, a church on every corner and nothing happening, having these churches link arms together and have so much happening. If somebody's listening to this right now and they want to be part of that, is there a way to uh, contact the thread? Absolutely. You can, uh, you can go to our, our website, thethreadstl.com. You can email us directly from there. Tell us what your, what your hopes are, how you'd want to be involved, what you'd like to be a part of. Maybe you have story ideas for us. Maybe you know somebody who's threading up in your community that we need to know about. We'd love to hear it. Um, all kinds of ways. And, and yes, we are, we are in the initial stages of trying to start planning what that first Thread Live event looks like. And when we start doing those, there's going to be a huge opportunity for yeah. volunteers because we're going to need people, all hands on deck to make those things go. Um, we wrap everything up by saying Thread Up Y'all. What's that mean? Thread Up Y'all means let's come together. Let's build community. Let's be community. Let's not just talk about it. Let's actually do it. Let's, let's break down the walls. Let's, let's, instead of dividing over our differences, let's come together on that common bond, celebrate our differences that make us stronger, and link arms and move to the needs of our community together. You want to get, say it one more time? It's time to thread up, y'all. Thanks for joining us here on the Thread Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more exclusive content, be sure to follow us on social media at the Thread STL. It's time to thread up.